Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. When you think about the U.S. Army, you probably don't think of great music. But, well, maybe you should. And that is the 399th Army Band's Brass Quintet, better known as Mo Brass. And the trombonist for that ensemble is specialist Joseph Morell. He's based here in Missouri at Fort Leonard Wood. And he recently won some big honors. He is the U.S. Army Maneuver Support Center of Excellence Soldier of the Year. His service and that honor are part of his family legacy. And he's here today to talk about it. So specialist Joseph Morell, welcome to the show. Afternoon, ma'am. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. So I want to start off by offering you some congratulations, but what does it mean to be the U.S. Army Maneuver Support Center of Excellence Soldier of the Year? It is a, it is a super big honor. Um, it's been great to represent the band and this uh, and all the units on post. It was it was a super awesome honor and a really great experience. So it, uh, I've, I've loved it. I understand this came out of the 2020 Best Warrior Competition. What is that? Yes, ma'am. So the uh, 2020 Best Warrior Competition, um, there are a series of kind of boards and uh, physical activities that happen um, prior to that. So we have multiple levels in the Army. Um, You can think of them as, you know, uh, smaller boxes that fit into bigger boxes. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have different echelons like battalion, brigade, things like that. What's important to note is that um, there's a there's a ton of competitions that happen prior to that. So my competition that happened in 2020, that was the year-long the competition for the Soldier of the Year, was actually a culmination, and there were tons of people there with me who had won uh, their individual competitions prior to that. So uh, it's a it's a kind of a culmination of uh, physical training and boards, which are basically interviews with, uh, you know, sergeants major and uh, things of that nature about military history and stuff like that. Hmm. This sounds like a lot of work that goes into this. What made you want to put yourself through that? Well, ma'am, uh, to be honest, it was uh, at the urging of my um, first line, who would be my civilian equivalent of a direct supervisor, and then also uh, my squad leader. Uh, I got to the 399th Army Band, uh, you know, fairly recently, right around two years now. And um, after having some conversations with them, they just really encouraged me to apply myself and put myself out there. We also um, had a soldier from the 399th Army Band compete previous to that, and she was a humongous inspiration to me, and she won won that competition um, last year. Hmm. So um, that was kind of one of those impetuses, seeing her success. So the Army Band is is back-to-back winners. Um, Is that a coincidence that you guys are dominating this thing? Uh, well, ma'am, I, I, I'd like to think it's not. Um, so we, the, our leaders put a lot of um, emphasis. You know, as Army musicians, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, they're out there, uh, you know, qualifying on their M4s and doing a lot of shooting and warrior tasks. But, but we are out there, and our leaders are uh, really good 
um, in the Army Band with emphasizing, you know, not just being great musicians, but great soldiers. So uh, they prep us really well, giving us a lot of opportunities um, to train and things like that. So, yeah, I, I like to think it's a direct result of our leadership. Hmm. Now, you have what strikes me, at least. I'm, I'm not a military expert, but your background seems somewhat unusual for a soldier. Um, I understand even after you got your undergraduate degree at the University of Louis- Louisville, you then got a master's degree from the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. Uh, it seems like you were sort of headed down a route of, of playing in the symphony. What makes a guy decide to go for the military instead? Yes, ma'am. It is, uh, yes. Uh, so I went to the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, did the master's, and actually finished the uh, doctorate program there. And um, wow. I was I was doing that, and I was teaching, you know, adjunctly at Xavier University, which is in that area. And I was subbing with a couple different symphonies. And it was actually an audition I took with the Pershing Zone, which is one of the premier army bands. Um, I ended up not winning that position, but it was through that exposure that I started to learn about the active duty bands. I didn't know that this was even a career option, actually, Hmm. Um, not in any kind of real way. So that was the beginning of that journey for me, actually. Had you ever considered enlisting sooner? I feel like a lot of people do this when they're right out of um, right out of high school or right out of college. Had it crossed your mind at either of those points? Well, actually, it is a funny story, ma'am. Um, I had every intention of enlisting at 18 right out of high school. I talked to an Army band recruiter at the time. I grew up around the Fort Knox area, so that was, it was the Dragoons back then. Um, and they came to our uh, band class, and I was like, you know, that would be a cool thing to do. And I talked to him, and um, the sergeant there was really good, and he said, hey, you, I heard you have a scholarship to college. And I was like, uh, you know, yes, sir, because I didn't know he was a sergeant. And uh, he, he, uh, he was like, you know, you should definitely go and do that. And finish your college, and if you still want to join the Army, it's not going anywhere. And so, you know, I, I went down my career path and, and did some things and had a lot of great professional opportunities. Completely forgot that the Army was there. Hmm. And, you know, when I came back, it still was there. So it's still there, and you're obviously doing great in it. But do the other guys that you're with, do they sometimes just seem absurdly young to you? Well, ma'am, I'm not. Well, when I came to basic training, everyone was young. There were there were two other. Uh, we were everyone else was 17 and 18, basically, because of when I went in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had two other of my uh, battle buddies, and each of them were you know a couple years older than me, and I joined at 28. So we kind of formed our old man group. and uh, An old man group at 28. Knees. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it, was, it was a little, it was a little, uh, we were older. Um, but um, in the Army, in the Army band, especially 399, I suppose I'm older, but I never quite feel that way, mm-hmm. um, honestly. I think maybe without knowing for sure that perhaps the average age for Army musicians is a little older. I, I have noticed that, you know, it's, it's kind of typical for a musician in the Army Band to actually have completed some kind of music degree mm-hmm. prior to entry. That, well, that explains why, um, why you guys sound so good. And, you know, it's nice to have a little gravitas. It doesn't need to be all 18-year-old kids. I think that's great. I understand your family also has a long history in the military. Is that something that you knew, uh, knew about as you were growing up? Actually, ma'am, uh, I had no, I, so what I did know was that my grandfather uh, was a wounded Korean War veteran mm-hmm. and that he was in the infantry and that he went to Fort Benning. So when I got sent to Fort Benning for basic training, you know, I was, I was super proud of that and excited. Um, but I didn't know about our long history of family service until after I was in the Army. Um, 
due to some research that uh, was sitting there that our family had done already that I just wasn't clued into because, you know, I was off doing other things or maybe out in high school, you know, you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I didn't learn about that until I actually, you know, started following up on my grandfather and seeing, you know, what, what I could learn. And it was at that point that my dad went, hey, you realize that, like, basically all of us have served in the Army back to the Civil War. I was like, actually, I did not. So. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, the, the beginning of this long tradition is, to me, just an amazing story. Tell us what you have learned about Private William Morrell. Yeah, ma'am. So, so uh, you know, Private William Morrell, he, he was born in uh, 1831 in Virginia, and he was actually a runaway slave. So he, he ran away from his plantation, and I believe... He ran away to somewhere in Ohio. It's, it's kind of hard to tell because he runs away and immediately joins the Union Army, hmm. um, the United States Colored Troop, 109th. And I believe they mustered a couple places, but one of those places they did muster was like Louisville, Kentucky. So, so I'm not sure exactly exactly where he ran away from because that's or where he ran away to because mm-hmm. that's where he popped up. But uh, so he runs away immediately, joins the Union Army. Um, you know right around the latter part of the Civil War, um, and take parts in, a, you know, if he was a part of the United States Colored Troop the entire time, he took part in uh, a ton of the important engagements there, including the pursuit of General Lee and actually being somewhere uh, present during uh, the, the ultimate surrender. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's just an amazing story. Do you feel a connection to him and that service? I know it was so long ago, but I mean, that that's quite a life story right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny, man, because um, I, it's not something, you know, when I initially thought about joining the Army as a musician, um, I kind of conceived of it as joining the Army to play music for soldiers, because I always grew up, you know, really respecting soldiers and, and thinking that the sacrifice that them and their families make just from a time perspective uh, mm-hmm. uh, was, was pretty incredible. So I thought, you know, uh, you know I don't have a bunch of debt. I'm, I, I get the freedom to kind of do, you know, what I'd like to do. It'd be great to use my music to play for other soldiers. I didn't consider, you know, uh, becoming a soldier. That wasn't the first thought. But immediately after basic training, um, that's kind of how I felt was that I, I was – now a soldier serving soldiers. And so um, once I found out that, you know, all of our, basically all of our family has served in the Army, and, you know, hearing some of those statistics about, you know, less than 1% of all America serves, it, hmm. it became apparent to me that it was it's really important that I kind of keep that tradition uh, going. So um, it, it went from kind of a, oh, I'd, I'd like to serve soldiers to, you know, I'd like to make this a career and continue this uh, family legacy. Now, um, as we mentioned, you rehearse with the 399th Army's Brass Quintet. This is one of five different small groups. What kind of uh, music do you play within this quintet? Well, man, we do all kinds of stuff, and it is uh, tailored to whatever we have going on. So hmm. if we're doing, a, you know, a ceremony, uh, just recently I was listening to the group play um, Audie Murphy's Ceremony, which is, uh, you know, an award for NCOs, outstanding NCOs. Uh, we may play things that you would think of as uh, military music for that ceremony. And, and for different kinds of ceremonies, we have different kinds of music. You're going to hear the anthem. You're going to hear the Army song. But we also customize some things. In my time there, we've played, you know, we've played jazz. We've played big band stuff. 
Um, we've also played, you know, in the library playing uh, for the kids some movie music. So we've done, you know, This is Halloween, you know, a whole Star Wars set and Star Trek set. So it's a pretty versatile ensemble and can be stuck in a, a bunch of different contexts and work out pretty well. So how have uh, those kind of appearances been impacted by this pandemic that we're all living in? Have a, have a number of those had to be canceled? Yes, ma'am. A, a lot of the... A lot of the um, Things that would customarily be off posts, perhaps. Um, we still uh, support, you know, our ceremonies and the and the things we do on a daily basis. Uh, you know, some of the some of the things that you would imagine uh, to mitigate risk that we'd implement, we implement. So, for example, instead of being really close together, we are now further apart when we're playing. Sure. You know, we're wearing masks, stuff like that. So there's been mitigation uh, measures implemented for us, uh, but we still we still carry on with our mission. Um, and the context changed, obviously. I understand you guys are going to make a comeback um, for those outside appearances next month. What, what's on the agenda for that? Oh, ma'am, I'm, I'm really not sure uh, I can answer that. I've kind of been, you know, buried in note cards. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'd imagine, I'd imagine we're, uh, you know, we got some stuff planned. The, You'll you know, go where they send you, or, right? You're, you're, a, you're a good soldier. <laughs> Absolutely, ma'am, wherever you need me. Well, so uh, Specialist Morel, you have such an interesting background, and it sounds like you have a lot of talents. Uh, where do you see yourself in, in, say, 10 years? Oh, ma'am, in the Army. So uh, serving soldiers still, um, you know, and eventually mentoring younger sol- soldiers and, and being able to make a uh, an impact on the Army as a whole in a little bit broader of a context. So definitely, definitely here and perhaps uh, encouraging uh, – my sons to take part in that so we can keep this going. Wow. Well, Specialist Joseph Morell, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And as you heard there, uh, Specialist Morell, he is in. Um, he sees the Army as his future, and it's, it's great to hear about his family history there and also his honors as the U.S. Army Maneuver Support Center of Excellence Soldier of the Year. Quite a mouthful, but a, a great honor. As we wrap up today's show, I do want to share a note from a listener that made me smile. Yesterday on the show, we discussed Ruth Ferris, whose passion for steamboats and the Mississippi inspired what would become one of the most notable collections of river related artifacts and documents. She's the subject of a new children's book. It's called Ruth's River Dreams by Elizabeth A. Pickard. But Ferris was also a beloved school teacher here in St. Louis. And our listener Richard Weil wrote in to share this about Ruth Ferris. She was my fifth grade teacher at community school, and I still remember her as the best teacher I ever had. I'm now 83. She took such an interest in each child. And of course, her knowledge of steamboat lore was legendary. When a child in class wasn't paying attention, she would occasionally peg a piece of chalk in his or her direction. She had a good arm, just one of the many things we admired about her. I got a smile from that. I hope you did, too. Monday on St. Louis on the Air, we'll explore the treatment of hospitality workers at Lumiere Casino and why the union representing them is worried. We'll also talk about ways to shore up health among frontline healthcare workers. And we'll meet a St. Louis native making waves for his juggling. Podcast episodes of St. Louis on the Air are available at stlpublicradio.org, or you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, the Google Podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts. St. Louis on the Air is produced by Evie Hempel, and Lara Hampton with production assistance from Aaron Dorr. The senior producer is Emily Woodbury. The executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Fenske.
Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.